brief say Shana Tova to fellow tribesmen. It is uh, Rosh Hashanah, so You're I just sinning. thought it. What? You're sinning. I'm sinning. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. No, oh, wait, no. I don't what, think what so. No more than ever. Supposed to do well, it's, it's this is a new year, so technically it's a it's definitely a holy day, and I shouldn't be, but it's not like any. I don't participate. I'm extremely secular. I'm simply saying Happy New Year to all that celebrate. I'm Jen. I'm Peter. <laughs> And uh, this is Monday Night Generational Change, the Rosh Hashanah edition. <laughs> yes, it certainly is uh, quite the new year and it's a new year. Uh, Did you put out that article? That I, I, haven't, I have not put it out yet. That, the uh, whole point of it was to put it out on Rosh Hashanah. That was the okay. Rosh Hashanah post. Well, how, doesn't, doesn't it last like two days or something? It is. Well, technically, yeah, it's tomorrow too. But today is the new year. Like, well, I knew that Stu wasn't there. So I was thinking, yeah, there must be something. But there. yeah, there, that, yeah. So... That was the point of the article. We are we are going to discuss what I think is a very important topic. I know I didn't get a chance to talk about it with Jen at length because this is all brand new. It actually happened at like midnight last night. So this is really new. But the wonderful news is that Italy has elected its first female prime minister. Yeah. Isn't that important? I'm not concerned with her uh, gender identity or genitalia. Okay. Well, I know that that's usually something that liberals like to brag about, but in this case, unfortunately, she is the first what is considered fascist-like leader since Mussolini. This isn't a joke. Well, she, I mean, she obviously has, she's a combination of nationalism and, you know, I think it's definitely a problem. I mean, she, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's worldwide. Well, Worldwide fashion. We're going to talk. We will talk about this uh, topic with our guest who's coming on. Like I said, I had the pleasure of meeting Craig McInnes at his art studio in West Palm Beach over the weekend. And needless to say, his work is beyond exceptional and maybe biased here, but it has a very intense sort of political lean to it in terms of his work. Uh, amazing art canvases that I had the chance to see, a little above my uh, pay grade in terms of what I could buy from him, but nevertheless, uh, really good stuff. It's important, though, to have lower cost items at your show. That's what I'm working on right now for my show. Well, this he's, is got why. T-shirts, he's got T-shirts, he's got posters, he's got stuff. You have to have something that the poor people can buy so they can have art, too. Yes, so I think, I think Craig is just currently working on his tech stuff at the moment. So we want to make sure that that's, up, that, that that's sharp. So there's no issue there. But yeah, I had the opportunity to look at his stuff and it was, uh, you know, very eye-opening to say the least. I posted a video on my social media pages and had a quick two-minute walkthrough of his studio and, you know, really, uh, really, really sharp stuff. Honestly, I can't see. I think this one is frozen and I can't tell what's going on with that one. So he says that his Wi-Fi is not the best. I told him push comes to shove. Uh, you know, just do it off of your iPhone or your well, whichever. Um, that's the easiest solution if for whatever reason, you know, your uh, your connection is not very strong. But yeah, you know. It, I mean, What's me. with that, Arif? What happened to Liberia? What's with Argentina tonight? That's interesting. All right. Thanks for mixing it up. Yeah. Something new? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just noticed. So. I, while we're waiting for Craig, I, I think, yeah, I think it's important to just recognize how the signs are everywhere that things are changing in the world, whether the neoliberal establishment wants it to stay a certain way or not. When people start revolting, they're going to go towards some form of social democracy, populism, that's going to go left or right. You want to call it 
uh, social democracy. You want to call it fascism. You can call it whatever you want, but the people are demanding change and the neoliberal establishment is trying to stand in the way of this. If Italy is basically going to an authoritarian leader akin to Mussolini that hasn't been seen in almost 80 years, I mean, what more, how much more obvious of a sign are you going to get? Well, we have it here, but people aren't reading the tea leaves. I mean, we had it here. I mean, I remember in 2015 sort of seeing where this was going. And I remember telling people, your next president is going to be Bernie or Trump. And everybody told me I was crazy. They're like, no, no, no. Hillary is so much more of a reasonable choice. She can beat (laughs) Trump. She's so, it's so much more reasonable. And no, a, a revolution is happening. So you can to get behind the people on the left or the people on the right. And I'm not talking about our partisan left and right. That's not a real thing. Our pa- our parties are a fiction. I mean, the actual left and the actual right, like in, you know, in real terms, not our parties. Our parties are kind of just both right yeah. of center, I suppose. Whatever. I wouldn't even call it that. I would well, say that they're both point, kind they're of right so, of center. Well, yeah, I mean, they are, but they're, they're not. Uh, we don't again, have health care. Well, we, they don't respond to the people. And right. That's so that's right line. of center because it's oligarchic. So they, they're right of center on their policies. All both parties. It's irrelevant. But the populism is happening, people. It is. It so really it, is. if you really need to pick a side, you really do. And it's again, this is not partisan. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think Mr. McGinnis has figured out his connections. So uh, I like his shirt. I think this is going to be fun. Jen, I really think you're going to like this guy. And you're going to have to show him some of your Etsy stuff because I do. I do like me some art. Well, you're going to like this stuff. Craig McGinnis, welcome to Generational Change. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, as predicted, my, my Wi-Fi was like, no, you can't do anything today. I'm sorry. That's okay. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm generally more of the art person between the two of us, but somehow you ended up meeting him first, but that's okay. You really want this background? I like it when we, yeah, I do. I just, well, it's, it's fine when we open, you could change it. That's the beauty of it. See? All right. That's messing with it. That's more artsy. All right. We'll leave it. It's trying to be artsy. Yeah. No, this one was better. I got it covered back here. Yeah, no, you definitely have better stuff going on. Craig, start from the beginning. How did you ultimately get into art and how did it become obviously uh, politically themed? Because there really is. And again, this isn't about left versus right or anything like that. Your art hits at the core of what the problems are in this country right now, the way our politicians say one thing and do something else, the way that big agriculture and big pharma work hand in hand to essentially destroy the fabric of our country in terms of our health, our uh, ability to have a decent life. There's something very inherently special in in the art that you put out there. How did that happen? What what brought you to that point? I appreciate that, first of all. Um, The way it went down was uh, I really didn't have a choice. I was pretty... um, pretty awful at a lot of other things like sports and math and all that all that other stuff that you you're doing in school in your in your uh, early days art was it um my mom's family is riddled with musicians and artistic people and it was just a path that was kind of obvious to me i was answering the question of what do you want to be when you grow up um artist was the answer from a long long time ago mm-hmm. so uh it was the only way uh i ended up in art school um I did a two year stint and then just got right out there. I was a musician for a while. I toured around and then I eventually landed back in the art world, which led me to um, start to search for my style. And this, this is where the sociopolitical stuff started to rear its ugly head or its beautiful head, depending on who you are. And uh, I just was, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I found it 
more and more difficult to discuss these so-called divisive topics, which are really just common sense, but to me anyway, and to a lot of people, it's just something to argue over and not try to find a middle ground or try to find a solution. So I just got kind of tired of having those uh, beat your head against the wall kind of conversations. And so I started to put it into the art and let it and just put it out there and let it be on the wall or be in the print or be wherever the heck it is on the web and let someone else or maybe a couple people that were across the aisle, as it were, come together over wrong and right and stop pissing and moaning about left and right. And um, so far, everything I've seen, because uh, I eavesdrop on people when they're in my gallery, has been mostly positive. I mean, a lot of I've had a couple like not knock down drag outs, but people arguing over stuff, but not in a, in a, a non-constructive way. So I think it does its job to a point, you know, if they get my point. And uh, it's just been a great outlet for me. In, instead of um, being frustrated by these things, I am—I uh, feel a weight lifted when I paint or draw about them. Okay, let me just say that I would have never asked you when you became an artist because I knew you were born that way because that's how it works. Um, that, that coming from someone who doesn't like, he thinks of it like it's a career choice. Like your your medium might be more of a choice, but like you are who you are, right? Like that's right. like I aspire. I'm like an artist wannabe. I want to be yeah. an artist. I, I'm more crafty, but, um, but I, tr yeah, I dabble. I dabble. You're on your way. You're on your way then. <laughs> I, I mean, I like it. Like that would be the best, like if I can make money doing that, it would be like the best thing ever. It's no joke to, to, to get that to happen is no joke. And yeah. to your point, it, it is, it is correct. But a lot of people never realize it until they do that second career thing where they're like, Oh my God, I've been working in this, uh, in this downward spiral for 30 years. And I always, I had a minor in art. I should have done the art. Yeah. So, you know, it's frowned upon and it's got that starving artist uh, stigma and all that crap attached to it, but you can starve doing anything. So yeah, I just went for I it. Know I know starving lawyers. I know starving lawyers. Sure. There's no starving doctors. I haven't met starving doctors, but, yeah. um, but other than that, you're right. You can be, especially now. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You can get strung out on debt and, uh, you can have all the money coming in, but if it's going right back out, who cares? So, yeah, I, I mentor to this fact because I like to see youngsters bringing up the culture. Um, even if even if they're I don't agree with what they're doing, I don't care. I, it's good to have all these different viewpoints coming at you, especially from artists, because they're going to be the critical thinkers. They're going to be the 360 degree view type of people generally. And I just want more of them making stuff. So I tend to mentor people about you know, how to get down this road and not um, necessarily follow a uh, traditional path and find happiness probably here in art. If you can, uh, like you said, make oh, a book. Yeah. yeah, it isn't for everybody. Not everybody is born uh -oh, that way. I, I will tell you, it, there's a reason that it's uh -oh, a gift. I like, lost it's you. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Connections, connections a little scattered. Unreal, unreal Wi-Fi. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. We'll make it work. Remember, worst case scenario, you can do it off of your cell phone if you have to do that. So just keep that in mind. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. Such a bummer. Try again if you have to. It's We're a, not going anywhere. All right, here. So do this. Yeah. See if he moves again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now hopefully he'll be able to show, because uh, it looks like he's in the studio right now, and hopefully yeah. he'll be able to show some of the uh, portraits that he's done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's... He's stated as, uh, as much that a lot of what he does is based on, like you said, uh, having a conversation with somebody about politics is not easy, but having a, being able to draw something uh, from So life, like, like I'm curious what the majority of subject matter, that's so much better. 
I don't know what I don't know what's happening. Maybe a yeah. plane a plane flew overhead, I think, or a bird. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. So like what are you like working on now? Like what's your you know, I know like for me as, and I'm, again, I'm just a crafter, but like I go through phases of different things. Like right now I'm really into like the resin and stuff and I'm working with like the resin necklace. Like, what are you, what are you into now? Like that's your medium. I am. Uh, so I do a lot of commercial art, so it's seasonal for me right now. I'm doing, I'm creative director of Fright Nights at the South Florida Fairgrounds. Oh, so I'm in a, um, I I'm in the role of, um, watching over a creative team and watching all these things happen, the wardrobe, the makeup and the set design and all that stuff. Uh, these are all things that I did on my way up, up the ladder. And now I'm kind of in a, um, a role of leading that team for lack of a better verb. Cause they don't need leading. I don't micromanage or any of that, but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, but I think your question is more like in the fine art world I'm doing, yeah. uh, I'm trying to switch gears. I, I do primarily acrylics. So I've bought myself some oil pastels and some, large format paper. I need to switch gears because I got in a little rut, a good one, but like I made like 16 paintings in the same vein. So it's time to jump out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm circling around with another set of political drawings. Uh, I have a book, which I forgot to show you, Peter. Uh, it's called the oddball manifesto and it's all about these same topics. They're just in ink instead of in paint. So I'm, I'm headed into round two of that because Lord knows that faucet is always providing fodder for me. All I got to do is turn on the news for five minutes. And I'm like, Lord God almighty. There's no shortage. No. So no. it's a, it's a collection of poetry and, um, and illustrations, snarky little illustrations that go with that poetry all about how backwards we are sometimes. Most of the time. Did you have a political awakening of sorts? Was there like an inflection point where you're like, wow, I really need to be more involved with this was, uh, I mean, for many people it was 2016, but was there anything in particular? Or Occupy. A lot of people, yeah. it was like Occupy was a big turning point. No, I'm such a lone wolf. I don't get, I, I don't, I don't move with uh, trends or movements or anything like that. I, I'm a cynic as well. So I'm like, man, eh, Occupy, eh, this, man, that. It was more like, uh, it was a general buildup to a, to it just had to, it had to come out and it couldn't stay inside my head anymore. Um, but I've always been um, I do like satire because I'm a fan of you know your Gary Larson's or your whomever these comic strip type artists that kind of poke fun at uh, society. So I grew up on that stuff, reading the Sunday Funnies. So it was in me. Um, but in art school, they were teaching us some of the most mundane stuff ever. So uh, it took a while. I think uh, maybe. 10, 12 years ago, it started to leak in. But yeah, I don't think there was a catalyst, a specific catalyst. So I wasn't there when you were there. So like what topic, like what is the stuff, what does the Can stuff look start? like that you were talking about that obviously yeah. was interesting to you? Because he's normally only really more of a photography type person. Which there was some here for you. I'm glad there was some yeah. here okay, that, I mean, yeah. Can you, are you able to show uh, any of the stuff? I don't yeah, want to I better bring it to you though, because every time I every time I move, right? No, I'm just yeah, I'm just All curious right. what got yeah. him so interested. Oh, wow. like the the subject matter. Here, here we go. All right, talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna bring his favorite over here right now. All right. Okay, All right. so this is really. But I mean, this is like. Well, this is what caught my eye. I mean, don't get me wrong. The one about childhood obesity is very like it's it's like scary, uh, in terms of the you know you're seeing. You like the kid being injected. Right. Like this is that. one of those things where I look at the art and I'm like, okay, the art's amazing, but the subject matter is nothing I would have hanging on the wall because okay, so it would make me sad. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's cool. Rhetoric so 2020. It, it has a very political cartoon kind of look to it. Really cool. Yes. So uh, 
you know, this was born in 2020 um, for obvious reasons. And <laughs> are those amazing. okay? Are those microphones purposefully phallic, or is it just like who knows? All right, I'm just no, asking. I know. I know you nailed it. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of not so subtle stuff in it. You know, I've got the hammer and sickle. Uh, the red, the red um, stripes on the flag are painted over blue, so it's headed in the opposite direction. Right, right. Yellow stars instead of white stars. Um, the one thing that everybody misses when they come in is that the the crowd is red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. Mm-hmm. And that was my main point. I think you guys, uh, I watched a little bit of what, about what you guys do and think and how you operate. And uh, I don't know, I don't know enough, but I will say that I think we're on the same page that th- this crowd is the same friggin' crowd. It doesn't yeah. matter uh, what shirt they're wearing. It is all white dudes though, which was also on purpose. Right. Um, well, right. It is definitely, there is that, there is that issue, but within the red and blue, that's a fiction. Yeah. That's, that's like political theater. That's not a real thing. Same coin, two sides. Exactly. And it's going in the same freaking coin slot to do the same thing. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, our premise is transforming politics into service and the ideas, and we will platform any non-corporate candidate. Um, I don't necessarily have to agree with somebody. I don't need to agree with everybody's policies on everything. And I've had so many people, even in the comment section here, bitch at me when we've had like more conservative guests on because I'm not doing enough to pull them to the left. And I'm like, I don't want to convert them. They're fine the way they are. That's very, you know, condescending of you. I'm just trying to find things we can work on together. So I don't have to agree with people on everything. It's fascinating. But yet I get so much crap for co-mingling and cross-pollinating with people that don't fit certain purity tests. And this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Purity tests. Well, I mean, that's one of the downfalls of the human psyche right now. And I think maybe social media has a lot to do with it because our brains have just turned into these slot machine type things uh, that you, someone has to agree with you on everything. And I have a very unpopular political uh, platform amongst um, artists because I'm not super liberal. I'm supposed to be right. I'm supposed to be way on that side, and I'm just like, depends what we're talking about. It depends what we're talking about because I'll go super uh, fiscally conservative or whatever it is, depending on what we're talking. The, the one thing, that, and it frustrates them because it's just what you're saying. You got to fit in this slot, or you got to fit in yep. this slot. And my first question is why? Why? So I can vote in the primaries. Well, fix that. Fix that terrible thing. That's stupid that I can't vote in the primary. So add that to the list of things that need to be obliterated. Like, like you said, corporate, corporate uh, money and politics, gerrymandering, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, closed primaries is one of the biggest problems in Florida in particular in any state that has it. And it's you can look no further than our congresswoman, like my congresswoman. The only reason she's able to sit there is because of a gerrymandered district and a closed primary. And so it only requires so few people to keep somebody in office. And most people are unaware of this. Like when we would canvass, most people would be like, oh, yeah, I can't stand her. But if you're not registered as a Democrat, you get no say so. And most people aren't willing to switch over, even though strategically it's the only way in a gerrymandered district to have anything to get anything done. Talk about what it. Oh, so yesterday. Peter and I did some canvassing for a mayor candidate for plantation mayor, Nick Sordal, who we're supporting. And it's a nonpartisan race. And I got to tell you, it was extremely 
exhilarating canvassing without having that hovering over me because when your people are so sick and tired of the partisan crap with one rare exception we met one guy and he was a republican which made it even more shocking yeah he he wanted the local politics to be partisan whereas more 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 partisan partisan. whereas i love that they're not partisan and it's so much of an easier sell it's so much of an easier sell when you don't have that crap in the way. And it was really much, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how much easier it is to canvas in a nonpartisan race. Well, it's cleaner. It takes, it takes a lot of the nonsense out and the, the preconceived notions are super dangerous. And uh, people who don't want to think, they just find a chunk of information that lines up with some of their stuff. And they're like, all right, that's how I think now. Yeah. I want to do research. In all due respect, it is hard to research a can uh, a candidate because we just had a judge uh, judicial thing go on here, and it took me forever just to find out the basics on these two, just so I could make an informed choice. And it, and and I I give a damn. Most people are, most people either a third of them don't vote right, and then one third is lazy and just get fed their information from whatever source. And then there's there's I guess the other third would be hopefully like me, and I got frustrated, man. I got frustrated. I was like. I'm about to not vote in this damn thing. But, you know, I found a couple nuggets that, that swayed me. And but it's like a full time job. Like I got I got a life to live. I can't be scouring the Internet for their talking points. Right. Well, and, and the truth that well, and he, we've talked about this a lot, but I don't think the judiciary should be an elected branch of government. I think it should be appointed like it is sure. at the federal level. That's just personal preference. And the reality is, is not only do we have low voter participation for every election, but then the participation gets less and less the further down the ballot you go. So a lot of people will go in and they'll just vote for the governor's race and they won't even bother voting down ballot. And then there's the people that just pick whatever name rings a bell. Right. Or I saw that person sign. So I'm going to vote for them. Um, that's how most people vote. Most people that vote do not even put energy into it. It's the truth. It's unfortunate. And that's also why it gets very dangerous with some of these local elections, especially in certain communities where they vote off of slate cards. Oh, they, don't even, they don't even think about who they're voting for. They're I'm like, not, oh, I might have lost you. Uh oh. Going to try. We're, we're going to have to pull him for a second and go back. All, All right. right. That's sad. This is what They'll happens in, in, in deep in the studio. Yes. Well, again, I, I think we're good for like 10 minutes. He gets like a for 10 about minute. 10 minutes. He's good. And then. It freezes and he's got to start all over again. No, it's important. Well, you know, to me, art is very much like how I feel about comedy in how, well, comedy kind of is art, but in how it really needs to push boundaries. And that's the whole point of it. And it's one of those things that if we didn't have it, I don't think boundaries would ever get pushed if you didn't have have the people on in those fields. Uh, T for one podcast. Yes. Totally understand where you're coming from. But again, wait, are you talking, is he referring to what we're talking about in Italy? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. She is, she's a nationalist and she, which, what she referred to herself as, and it, it, she is fascist. Like that's not just us saying that because we don't agree with her. I don't, I don't randomly call people fascist. She is, she is actually like, I don't know if she's like a descendant from Mussolini, but that's her party. Like she actually affiliates with that with that party. Yeah, so I'm not you got calling people, her a fascist because I don't like her. You got people in her camp that like espouse support for Hitler. Like, come yeah. on. No, no, no. I mean, She's a fascist because she chooses. Call what it is. Right. Like, like, I don't, I don't call everybody fascist because they don't agree with me. I don't call, I don't call Trump a fascist. I don't he's, either. He's authoritarian, but you know, there's a difference. 
So it is what it is. Yeah, people, people have no concept of nuance. No concept of nuance. Especially down here in South Florida. Well, uh, Palm Beach County is not as bad, but you get down here into Broward. Oh, Lord. It's bad. There's no nuance. It's you're, bad. You're, you vote blue or, you know, you're just, you're, you're persona non grata. We don't need you. Yeah. Get in line. Drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh. And the one thing that uh, is, is still kind of disturbing to this day, Craig, is this idea that there are still so many people, especially in the Democratic Party, who still don't get Trump and still don't get his appeal. And why, despite all of his obvious flaws, that so many people flock to him, it's because People hate the system more than they can ever hate a ghoulish guy like that. Like the yep. system is broken. It's broken. And I, I don't, it's almost like they don't want to, they don't want to come to terms with that, especially liberals. Like they really don't want to come to terms with the fact that the system is broken. Yeah. I've got a friend who's, uh, he's actually conservative and he did vote for Trump. Um, but he's in the middle, I would say, but, uh, He's very much rah rah America and everything's fine. You know, it's the best. It's the best thing around. I'm like, yeah, the shiniest turd though. I go, all this stuff needs to be fixed though. You can't just keep waving the flag around being like the greatest, the greatest. I go, stuff, stuff has got to be fixed. But yeah, but back to your point, um, it's it's kind of like, well, I'm so sick of these politicians. Just give me anyone. That's why I mean, I'm ignorant to a lot of facts. But didn't Nader make a nice dent just because it wasn't like your typical? the middle been in Washington for a long time type of guy. Didn't he make a dent in, in that run? Yeah. I would think so, especially in 2000. But again, everything relates to the fact that, you know, we love Bernie and especially his 2016 campaign was amazing. He wasn't willing, like we had talked about, to martyr himself. He wasn't willing to fall on the sword and he really needed to if he wanted to get this country where it needed to go. He basically would have had to give up his political career, any of the uh, financial aspirations he may have had. We may have even had to take a few steps backwards. But most people recognize that not only is the system broken, but the people who are manipulating the system, something as simple as the fact that everyone, not everyone, but even some casual political observers now know that our elected representatives do insider trading on Capitol Hill. Like they break the law. They, they are trading on inside information. I happen to, we happen to know a couple of congressional representatives, one who was on our show who actually participates in that crap. Oh. And they want to pretend like, well, you know, this is how the system is. So that's this is how, how it is. is. It's just how it is. And it's like, well, it's not, that's yeah. not how it is. Because if you think like the election in Italy, that should scare the living hell out of people in this country. Because if it could happen there, you bet your ass it could happen here. Like we're not Agreed. that far away from it, as far as I can see. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Uh, I, was I was definitely pro Bernie for for a bit there. I mean, he goes a little too out into the outskirts, but it's kind of he goes to places I don't agree with. But again, to your point, Jen, he, I don't have to agree with all of his platform. I just just the points that are important to me, and I always always hashtag what I say by I am you know I'm a, a middle class middle-aged white du- heterosexual white dude like i'm the the worst right now right so my opinion doesn't matter as much as it used to but that guy was just i don't want to use crazy but just out there enough to battle something like a trump that is also out there exactly and that's where the, that's where the dems they really they really effed it up well they really- they did and they did like they don't want that the the people that are high up in the democratic food chain 
infinitely preferred Trump to Bernie. Like that's a no contest. Once they realized that it like that it was going to be either Hillary or what, like what that was doing, they were like, no, <laughs> they would much to, rather Trump than Bernie. That speaks to some very flawed thinking because <laughs> I mean, that's your, I often say this though, that's your best offer Hills. Oh, well, it didn't work. It didn't work because the only way that you can combat populism on the right is with populism on the left. Somebody in the center is not going to pull people to it. That doesn't work. That's just silly. And they're trying and they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. Are they? Are they? Oh, yes. They're gearing up to do it again in 24. We have Same no thing. we have no living wage. We have no health care. We have a planet that's on fire. We complete you know and again being an artist we have completely disregarded the arts in our society it has been completely cast aside in many ways endless war uh the way that we have treated the situation in ukraine has become exactly what we should have all feared was going to happen which is something that could have easily ended probably four or five months ago with some type of an agreement regarding land usage in regards to nato but instead this is now a proxy war where Hundreds of billions of dollars will be passed around amongst the military industrial complex all over natural resources, like every other damn thing that goes on on this planet. And at this point, if you can't see it, uh, you know, again, uh, there are unfortunately a lot of people who can't be helped. But there's also a lot of people out there who are well aware of what's going on. They just don't want to be involved. They hate this shit. I don't think there's enough of us. I mean, I would say uh, I, we might even said this jokingly when we were talking. It's like you can't even get five people to agree on where to go to dinner. So can you get a movement going, especially if you can if you can sift through the, the bales of hay to find the needles that are paying attention, centered instead of uh, way out on the edges and all these other things that need to be bullet points for someone to be part of a movement that is going to have the courage to admit things are completely jacked up and do the necessary and uncomfortable steps. Well, I don't want to disrupt my way of life. Your way of life is being disrupted. And the people who don't care are the ones who are not being affected that badly. If you're poor, or if you're black or brown, or if you're living in a crap neighborhood or whatever, you are being affected right now. And ironically, the hope, that hence the shirt, the hope is gone from those areas. So they're not running out to the ballot because they think the system is a joke. And well, I'm really it kind of is. It kind of is. And it is mostly political theater. And yeah. you're right. They're not interested in voting. And also a lot of people don't have time. They're too True. busy working too many jobs to try to just keep, you know, a roof above their heads if they can. And so they don't have the luxury of knowing who their senator is because they're too busy trying to feed their kids. Are they going to do the research that I did? You know, no, no. If they have Internet in that stinking neighborhood that the city doesn't care about. Ah, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah it's happening it's right here in West Palm Beach. I used to live on the fringe of uh, the famous Tamarind Corridor where there's no trash cans and no lights and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not throwing the city of West Palm under the bus because a lot of cities operate in this kind of way. They put the money towards the coast and eventually they'll go over there and do some stuff. And it's happening. But um, hopefully it doesn't get fully gentrified. But it's just it's just disgusting. I find it disgusting and I'm not even affected by it. I could be lazy. My life's fine. My life has been fine for 10, 15 years. The the market does this, the gas goes up and down, and I just keep trucking forward because I got low overhead or whatever the heck. Um, but that's just simply not the case for a majority of people. And I don't know how we're going to affect the change, but I, I applaud you guys for making a platform where it can be discussed and perhaps a movement can get sparked up.
Well, I can definitely tell you that in the state of Florida, there is a particular person who does stand above the rest in terms of who's in the way, and that is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She is definitely public enemy number one regarding the current state of the Democratic Party. And it isn't so much about, you know, one party versus the other party. It's about who's standing in the way of progress. And there is no one who is standing in the way of progress more so from some type of a left populist movement than she is. And the type of things that she's done regarding how the party's been funded over the last several years, Michael Bloomberg being the number one guy, it does not get any worse than that. Uh, Manny Diaz is the head of the state party who was the Republican mayor of Miami Beach uh, and is now the head of the Democratic Party. And all because of Debbie and her relationship to Bloomberg and who the corporate special interests wanted to see leading the party. Well, there was no money. Like the party was completely like financially distraught. And Bloomberg came in and rescued it. Basically, he bought it. Bloomberg came in and bought the Florida Democratic Party. And then they put a Republican in charge of it. And (laughs) and this is supposed to motivate people to come out and vote. Sure, sure. If if I'm all blue, 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 I go, wait a minute. Who's doing what? Are you are you? And to your point earlier, people just don't see that happening right in front of their face. They are undermining your all of your core values or your whatever, your, your platform that you're standing on with one simple little appointment or political move. But still, you're just blinded by topics um, and you just tow the party lines. Gross. Gross. But again, also- Good. but again, it all comes down to corporate special interests. That's what it's all about. And Wasserman Schultz is the embodiment of that. I mean, somebody who ran the Democratic National Committee for six years and had to literally be thrown out because it was proven beyond any doubt that she was putting her thumb on the scale, literally rigging a presidential. Pre- you know, when I hear about all this rig, the elections rig, I'm like, there's only been one rigged election that can un, can irrefutably be proven that it was, and that was the 2016 Democratic primary between Bernie Sanders and, and Hillary Clinton. They absolutely rigged it against Bernie. And Debbie was in the eye of the hurricane making sure that that went down. She and was really thinking she was getting some sort of cabinet position. Can you Secretary imagine of Secretary of State? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hard to believe, but uh, she is still in Congress down here in Broward. Right? You know, we've talked about the prospect of you know, Jen potentially running again in 24. Nothing's been determined as of yet. But if that were to come to pass, the only way that it would go down is if there was this sort of very wide reaching coalition of people of all different walks of life who have basically said enough is enough. We're, we're fixing our freaking state. And that's it. And nothing more obvious than Trump winning Florida comfortably in 2020 by by three points. And let's face it, in Florida, that's a comfortable win. And the state pass or voting, excuse me, for a $15 minimum wage. So it just goes to show you that it is about the issues and not about the parties. That's what people care about. And the more we get to that talking point, the more we wake up that sleeping giant of people that are just like, all right, you may be a Democrat. I may not like the party, but I know you're good people and we need more of the, that type of representation. We can fix Florida, as, as hard as that may seem at, in this current moment. But I, I really feel that if, if a couple of structural changes were made, a lot of good could come. Yeah. People do vote issues. Uh, people argue issues. And that's why that's why politicians float these divisive topics out there so they can distract them from the big picture. Um, yeah. But yeah, to your, to your point, if you can get people centered on the change rather than the little minutia, um, hey, you know, wouldn't you enjoy... Uh, cleaning up the political process, uh, taking that, that burning ember out of your brain, knowing that, 
corporate money is affecting, uh, you know, how things turn out or that someone can put their thumb on the scale with no repercussions or that the map for the districts looks like a friggin' abstract painting and everyone's just okay with it. It's just, it's just so, there's so much BS that, that it's, uh, it's just, it's a bit obnoxious. I hate to admit that uh, I am uh, so disenfranchised that I'm always this close to just throwing in my towel and just being like, often joking my friends. I'm like, well, the beard's almost there. So pretty soon, social security card, hand it in, top of the mountain, never see me again. Uh, well, I guess it's a good thing that I found you and got you to come on the That's show. That's like me. He, like, I want to live in a cabin in the woods. I would be, my husband says I like Unabomber tendencies. Like <laughs> I would totally be fine. Me and my dog in a cabin in the woods. I'd be, I'd be good. I really at would. At this point, I would vote for, I would vote for a dog for president at this point. That's, that's oh, how yeah. I would so I'd vote for my dog for president. Dog <laughs> I don't know if I'd vote for any dog, but I'd vote for my dog. Very fair. My dog is very fair. Well, her dog is like the official mascot of the my dog is. Yeah, so I don't know if you have. Uh, you don't have. I don't have my loose sticker. Uh, no loose sticker. I don't. How can people find your work? Want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to see what you do and potentially, mm-hmm. hopefully, get you some business. Uh, if you have any events coming up where people could check you out, uh, obviously, you have an awesome studio in West Palm. Uh, throw you know. Let's hear it. I appreciate it. Um, if you are on the web, you can find me at craigmckinnis.com. So just my name.com. If you're on Instagram, it's at Craig McKinnis Studios. So just put studios after my name. Uh, Facebook, Craig Artist. And other than that, if you want to visit me old school in the real world, come to The Peach in West Palm Beach. It's the newest art collective here in Palm Beach County. And it's six art studios, myriad of artists doing a bunch of different media uh, we throw shows like you you saw, Peter. Uh, we do comedy nights. We do yoga and meditation events. We do uh, film screenings. We do everything you would expect from a cultural hub. And I'm pleased to be the artist manager here and have one of the six studios. So you can come here. I've got a gallery and workspace slash sort of music studio going on here. And uh, I do commission paintings, murals, and that type of thing. So I'm commercial and fine art all wrapped into one. And I'm so jealous. I wish I had a place here. I wish we had like a good artist kind of co-op situation here where there was some stuff like that. Like we really don't, it's not like for me to have that, I have to go all the way, like East in Fort Lauderdale, there's a couple of things, but like out where I am, it's like an art desert. You just, yeah, and you just lost Fat City or what, is that what it called? Fat City? Fat Village. Village. Fat Village. I always call it Fat City. That's New Orleans. Well, we just had the, they just had the first art walk the Fort Lauderdale artwork at the new location that oh. is now at a, it's called like mass arts, but it was way smaller. It's really not the same kind of vibe now, instead of having like galleries and warehouses with different rotating things in it, it was literally just some people vendors on the street, which before it was both. So I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't all too impressed with it. There is not great. I know what mass is mass mass is something that happened after Fat Village, uh, but didn't really have anywhere to expand to because Fat Village was right there. Yeah. I think it has potential because Fat Village did very much resemble what Mass is now when it started. Okay. But as soon as, as soon as a couple of investors were like, oh, I could put a coffee shop there. Oh, I could. I could. Um, that's when Fat Village really blossomed. And then unfortunately, what happens is when it gets so nice, they're like, all right, well, we're done with this art crap. Let's hurry up and slam some condos in here. Well, uh, right. It's completely gentrified. And that, of course, is spreading like, you know like a fungus. Well, 
I did it in Northwood. I think the same thing's about to happen up there. Only the artists will move to a sketch area first. Yeah. Um, make it pretty or make it more livable or whatever. And then here comes the city and the developers hand in hand. Sounds conspiracy, but it's it's exactly what no, happens. That, it totally, that's how it happens. Every time. So, wah, wah, wah. But um, this can't be gentrified. This is a private owner and it is in a light industrial area. So, we are solid. I don't know what's going to happen around us, but we will be here for the long haul. I'll probably be here when this is all gray with a little bit of brown instead of the opposite and just totally blessed to be here. No, it's awesome. No, Thank there's you. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting spots uh, within the parameters of that particular place. I uh, walked into uh, the gentleman's name slipping me right now, but he has the two Bitcoin uh, uh, things on Radio. the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, I, I made sure to point out that you know I have no problem with alternative currencies, but we have to do something <laughs> about crypto mining, which is not good for the environment. And, okay, see, my currency you know. is like chicken and eggs. Like I kind, I want to live somewhere where like I will have eggs and you have like the other kinds of produce, and that's my know. kind of currency. I agree. You're a barterer. I would love to. Yeah. I mean, like that would be I would love to live. I mean, I I really make a good. And when I say communist, I mean, literally by living on a commune, not like in a political sense. Right. Like in the legitimate. I'd be really good. First of all, I would do great with a uniform. I hate having to pick shit out. Like if we could all just wear like khaki greens and just go about our business. And I'm also fine with like small living and sustainable stuff and just. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'd be very content in a like nice little. I actually think wearing a uniform in high school or just in school in general is actually not a bad thing. Oh, I love it. it, It's much, you know, (laughs) it's it's less clicky. It's more personality, I would think, driven. Like people either have to know you for who you are. The kids hate it. I love it. I think it's the best thing ever. When my my, oh my god, and where my my older son went, they had even uniform shoes, and oh, oh, all the way to the shoes. I was going to say, I used to get bullied for, for having the wrong shoes on. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you have any art that you want to show before we go? I'm not going to show an artist my art. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm a teacher. I have no judgment. I'm a teacher. <laughs> well, and the truth is the only things I have here, like I am like the Dr. Frankenstein of vintage. So I take things and repurpose them into other things like suitcases into upholstered ottomans. And I do antique spice racks into jewelry displays. Like I'm like that. And That's so fun. most of my things are big. Um, and then I have a few little things, but mostly, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, not maybe f- you should come up here and sell your wares. Well, I'm going to apply to do the first, I haven't done a show in a long time. It's been a few years since before I ran and I'm gearing up to do one in November. That's going to be near me and I have to apply for it. And it's actually juried, which I've never been in that before. So we'll see what happens. What's I have called? some new stuff. It's like not your mama's art show. Is that what it is? Or not your mama's oh, art really? show? That's something funny. like that. Yeah, I saw a sign for it and I looked it up and I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And they, it's really close to my house. They have security. So I don't have to do a setup two days in a row. And uh, so just an air condition. That's another thing here. Oh my God. All right. So That'll yeah, but so I'm it. so, it'll be my first time doing a show in like a few years. So I'm a little like nervous. That'll get you going. Yeah, the, the stuff's already made. You're good. Just uh, just show up and be yourself, and you'll you'll uh, you'll sell work. That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. There is no such thing as art. There are only artists. So they're there to buy a piece of you, and uh, 
you're lovely, so you're probably going to sell a bunch Thank of work. Thank you. I always tell everyone, say everyone's lovely after that. Like, you would leave, and I'm like, well, he's lovely. Like, they always say that. That's funny. That I said, said that. that you two would hit it off. So, I mean, I did say that. I but I like art. Definitely, uh, would, would be, uh, you know, it's, it's great to meet somebody like you, Greg. I mean, obviously, um, okay, not just the fact that. Okay, so, all right. So, Jen's going to, uh, before we go, before we go. I'll all grab right. one. All right. There we go. I will grab one. Okay. Oh yeah, the butterfly. Well, okay. So this was a spice rack, this vintage spice rack. See it? And oh, it came all brown or whatever. And then they all have names and stories. So this one is strangely named after Tig Notaro, which I don't know if anybody even knows who Tig Notaro I know who is. Tig is yeah. Okay, so this is named after her and it's called Queen Matilda. And so when you open it and you see inside of it, and it's where you can hang your earrings, and I did it in moss. Can you see? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's smart. That's very smart. Okay. And so it's a jewelry display. And then I line the drawers so that the drawers can have rings. And that's just this little, you know, that's it. Creative. So oh, yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't downplay it. That's a, that's a, that's a hot ticket. That could be a hot ticket in the right. Dude, at I the have right a lot point. of, um, and printers trays, I turn into earring holders and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that, this is what I do. I get it. I get it. My wife's an artist as well. She does, uh, she's super mixed media. So she does dabble in things like that. Repurposing assemblage. Right. And yeah, she loves it. I call her the tweezer ninja. She's like doing all these tiny little things. So I appreciate that type of stuff. Thank for sure. you. Thank well, you. Craig, thank you so much for coming on. We definitely uh, hope to keep in touch. I'm going to come yeah. up and visit the peach. Yeah. Please do. Please do. Yeah. And if you can make it down for the not so not, not your it's not your mama's art show. Yeah, it's in Plantation, which that's not exactly the you know art hub of you South. You have Florida. an excuse to come to Fort Lauderdale and can make a V line out to Plantation on that. It's going to be two days. It's two days. It's Saturday, November twelfth and thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an artist friend in Plantation. Matter of fact. Oh, I wonder if they're going to do that show. I'll ask her. Be a good excuse. Another thing is, it's a cheap show. It's a cheap show for me to get in and and just you know to get back into it and hopefully at least make back my booth money. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's step number one for sure. If you guys, guys thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. If you guys have not done it already, just make sure again, we've got a lot of comments. Uh, and it's amazing how these things always divert into like different areas once it starts going, but get over to Craig guys, check out, check his, out his work, check out this unbelievable, uh, obviously not just this uh, wonderful rhetoric 2020 portrait, but a lot of other yeah, really amazing cool. stuff that he's got. And if you do not have it in you to shell out the kind of capital that is necessary. Darren is the thing. There is other, oh, you, you see, that's you. So how would you describe that, Craig, before you go? How would it's you like a, it's like a sculpture, but what's yeah, that? Look like? it, look, it looks like, uh, like clay, right? But it's foam. It's like foam. super. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Interesting. So this is like, this is a, it is a sculpture, but it's from the painting, the other painting that you like, Peter, uh, Profits Are Up. And it's it's basically saying that we are the fodder for the corporate machine, uh, whether we're the employee or whether we're the customer, we're kind of just feeding that that cycle of uh, of uh, low wages and crappy, crappy material that breaks down in two years. Um, but yeah, this is sculpture made out of foam. Uh, it's it's cool. me bringing the haunted house stuff over to the fine art world kind of thing. But yeah, I figured I'd I don't do scary. So as soon as Come you told me, from, no. No, I don't do scary. I, I don't do, like I to do, be scared. I do scary. Okay, I do, then I do. you have at that. I, I do not there, like to be scared. I'll yeah, see you there. Get, call me up, man. I'll get you a couple of seconds. Thank you, brother. Bye. Stay well. You too.
Yeah, I don't do scary. So don't even look. That's it. it's not going to happen. No, it's not that. It's good. Actually, I do not understand for the life of me. I actually think that there is this sort of masochistic thing about people that like to be scared. Because to me, being scared is one of the most least pleasant feelings that there are. I want to. The- I prefer sad. I could be sad. Angry is okay. Happy is preferable. But scared is never good. So no, to do I that on purpose. To, uh, I went to one of the, I guess, I can't, I don't even know if you would call it the scariest, but uh, the East State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, which is where uh, Mr. Scarface himself, Al Capone, actually stayed. Uh, and it was converted into, it's converted into a Halloween, uh, like scary type uh, walkthrough, which takes, uh, it's not cheap. It's like, 50 or 60 bucks a person, but the that's entire, like horror nights almost like yeah, that's expensive. Yeah. But the entire thing to like walk through the whole thing, it's about an hour and a half to two hours. Like it's long. It's, it's definitely, you definitely get your money's worth. And I'm sure like it's, it's high end. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate high end gore stuff. Like as an art, I just don't want to see it. Like I, I can respect it from a distance. I don't, now, like I will that. say this, the parts that I remember the best in terms of like what you would get. And they always remember anytime <laughs> you're with a group of people, especially if there are women involved, the guys always have to walk in the front because the jump scares are always in the front. Do you know the amount of men that I know that hide behind their wives when they go through shit like that? Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. Oh my God. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. You think that that's how it goes, that the man walks through? Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, get out of here with that. But anyway. uh, Ridiculous nonsense. There was was like a corridor that you walked through that was like a haunted hospital. And that's pretty freaky. But the thing that stood out the most was we get to this point where it's like this corridor that you have to walk through. And it looked really weird. And I'm like, how Like out of get- The Shining? Yeah, like, no, it's, 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 it looked like it was like this tight thing that you had to squeeze through. And I wasn't sure, like, do we just go through? How does this work? And so eventually someone just says, yeah, I think you just have to like push your way through. So we're pushing our way through. And then the next thing you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. No, they start grabbing you like literally grabbing. I gotta tell you, they should give somebody. Well, again, a lot of times you gotta sign a release to basically say, "Hey, if I have a heart attack doing this, it it ain't my problem." But, but, very important. I would probably just pee, and that would just not be good for anybody. Well, if you want to pay for Jen's, um, what you would call. you know, therapy after going to a haunted house. I'm not going to make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash generation. I do not do that. I don't even like, no, I don't. The only haunted house and I do love it is at Disney. I do. Okay. But that's not scary. Well, look who showed up. (laughs) I don't do. I believe I will be going to Halloween horror at the end of October. Have fun. That could be a lot of fun. But anyway, if you really appreciate our show and I know you do, please go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as $5 a month, right, Jen? As little as $5 a month, you can become a patron. And we are now for our patrons. Anybody who does $10 a month or more is going to get their mansion parliamentarian bumper sticker. Which is just, I I know nobody gets it, but just us sort of political doofuses, I get that. Like my husband's like, I don't get it. I'm like, of course you don't get it. But whatever, I I think they're fun. And you also do get the Lulu sticker. So you get two. And I just sent to um, Catherine Class, actually, just got. Catherine, be thank you for Any day in the mail, you thank will be you getting for your a $10 bumper sticker and Lulu sticker coming to you in the mail. 
really means a lot. It's how we absolutely. absolutely support our show, which is wonderful. But if you are so inclined, and we all know that not everybody wants to give their credit card to be automatically billed every month. No. That is completely understood. So if that is the case, then please go to Cash App, dollar sign, Gen Change, and whatever amount you want to contribute to our wonderful show, we certainly appreciate your support. Uh, it would obviously be very appreciative. Yeah, it's always helpful. Because of your support, this week on Thursday, weather pending, of course, but I think we'll be able to make it happen. It looks like the trajectory of the hurricane is definitely moving out to the West Coast. Now, we're probably going to deal with some rain for sure, but nothing that is going to be knock on wood. And what is happening? Serious. What have you guys helped us with that because of your contributions monthly, we have now put some money aside to attend. What is the event on Thursday we're going to? Is it? I forget what she names Feed. it. No, I know it's for Mobile School Pantry, but I forget. It's the it's the annual fundraising benefit for Mobile School Pantry. I do forget the name. It's got a name, but it's the Mobile School Pantry benefit. And that's going to be happening on, it's Thursday, right? Yes. Yes. And it's at Gulfstream, which is in Hallandale. And so, yeah. And Peter and I are getting swag bags because of you guys. So thank you. Thank you which very much. For I have that, no guys. idea what that is, but basically it was, we made a bigger donation to the Mobile School Pantry. And so you get a swag bag. Um, so we will do that and we will be bringing our friend Susie and who was also a patron. Um, just, just say no to hunger cocktail. That's party. what it is. The just say no hung to hunger cocktail party. Yep. It's going to be a great event. Uh, we've done it. Uh, I think that's what we've done before if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah. It, yeah, no, we've been to that. We were at that. Uh, this might, I think this is the first one since COVID. Yeah. Cause we went to, yeah, we went to the one bef before this, this is their sixth one though. This is going to be a great event, and for your support, that really means a lot. So for any of you who are going to watch and would ultimately like to support, it would so mean a lot. So you're paying for us to go to a party and have fun. However, it supports a really good local nonprofit. That it's my is, favorite well, nonprofit the in the county. I mean, it, the it best is food dis the, the best food distribution um, help in this county in terms of, like, the organization and how it really – every dollar goes to food. Like, it, it there's no – like pork. And I don't want to, and, and again, I don't want to be putting down other organizations, but the quality it's true. of mobile school pantries produce in particular is second to none. It's just a really nice spread that is set up for families to go and shop for it's, you know, to pick out food as opposed to somebody just delivering a box of stuff to their house. When you house. think about some of the big box ones that are down here, we don't have to name them. You know who they oh, are. Oh, it is what it is. And yeah. and they provide a service and that's important, but, but this is quality. different. And this it's not is, quality. you're going into neighborhoods, you're going into mobile school pantry, goes into the schools that have the highest amount of free and reduced lunch. They, um, any family of a child at that school can qualify to get um, produce and you sign up the, for the program. And then they rotate every week. They're at a different school so that different families can, can be reached. And the selection of food is just beautiful. And it's just a really nice um, community service that is being provided by Mobile School Pantry. And it's just so local. And it, you can really see the difference in these people's lives, like every single time. On Wednesday, we are going to have a guest that Jen has wanted to have for a while and uh, very much looking forward to speaking with him. Not everyone is going to agree with him because he is a beef farmer. I guess it's technically what you would call it. He is a dis – well, he owns um, – he'll give you all his exact title, but, but Scott Lively actually owns – it's changed names because things have merged and whatever. But at one point, the largest – he's the largest distributor of grass-fed beef. 
um, in the country. Okay. Or, or that was his company. And, and so, and he has written a book, which I will say I have not read because he hasn't gotten to me yet, but, um, and he is somebody who very much has written about and believes in the concept of sustainable agriculture and the idea of, um, connecting the ranching with the agriculture so that it's done properly. And we've had people on before a long time ago that explained how if it's done properly, then you're having the cows are actually helping create the food. And it, it's a cycle of moving them from different fields. And there's, there's a way to do it. So it's much more sustainable than how we're doing it with industrialized livestock. So we're going to talk with him and I know we'll get some um, hate, hate from the vegans. Uh, I don't eat meat. I, I think everybody, it would be helpful if everybody ate less meat. That's for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't preach either way. I just don't eat it because I just People don't People are going to. to eat meat. So if they're going to eat it, why not eat it as sustainably as possible? Right. We're not, we're not sanctimonious and preachy here about our dietary habits. I, to me, I don't eat industrialized animals. That's just not my thing. Um, but I know people do, right. I mean, I'll eat wild caught animals, but like people do whatever they're going to do. I just think it's important for us to have actual information for making decisions and not just think, Oh, all meat is this, or all ranching is, is a certain way. And that's not the case. And I know Scott lived in South Dakota for a long time. He has, I believe that's the location still of the headquarters. And, and Paul brings up a really good point, <clears throat> which is if you're going to eat meat, it'd be nice if we didn't torture animals. I got to tell you, Paul, and I got to tell you, you know, who doesn't torture animals? Second amendment enthusiasts who like to hunt for their food. Well, which is why I'll eat wild caught animals. Yeah. But that's the least. <clears throat> and that's what we're going to talk with now, about. If you think now, now don't get me wrong. I don't like people that like to hold up the dead deer and things like mm. that. Cause they think they're cool. Uh, Again, it doesn't I, bother me if they eat it and they're and they kill it properly. Yeah, I don't really mind that. Like, I don't want you want to compare that. Head. You want to compare that to slaughterhouses and factory farming. Yeah, there is no comparison. No, no. no. And the carbon footprint is minimal, when, if at all, when minimal. you're talking about somebody hunting and killing their own animal. But Correct. Um, we'll talk to Scott about that and find out like what the process is. And I know that he definitely started out smaller and got bigger. And, and he knows a lot about cattle ranching and how animal is processed. So it's going to be really interesting. You're going to also have- And let me preface this, was he yes. was one of my larger campaign contributors. He found me, actually, a lot like when I was running and just liked me and reached out to me. Well, so we'll I'm just saying. That, that would be a good road trip too, if you would host a fundraiser, if you ran Well, you know where he lives full-time though. Um, He's a full-time Martha's Vineyard president. Ah. He lives Martha's Vineyard year-round, and then he also spends half his year in Arizona out in Scottsdale. Like he's, but his primary he's residence is Martha's Vineyard. For a, uh, is he Republican? I don't think he's party. Or he's just independent. He's independent. Pro-business independent. He's yeah. he's independent, he but just, he, Let's put it this way. He, he, pick, he picks, again. He Martha's, just likes me. Martha's Vineyard is a wealthy liberal bastion, and Scottsdale is a wealthy conservative bastion. So he definitely picks his places well. I think he's just somebody who's reasonable and he, he doesn't like, in you know, reason, overly woke people. And in, in reason, passion, and justice. justice. I try to be reasonable. It's you the are. key thing. I, I definitely think policy at all times should be based on reason. My personal behavior, I try to base it on reason. And certain preferences, I'm fine with being completely unreasonable. Like, <laughs> like if there's something I like or don't like just because, I don't have to be reasonable. But I would never create policy based on just because I don't like it. Like that's not a thing. Well, you're not a selfish 
You're not a selfish boy. I was thinking about it the other day about like how I don't like the idea of German cars. Like I wouldn't want to drive one. I wouldn't drive a BMW. A lot of Jewish people feel that way. I do. It's just a bad taste in my mouth. And I know it's not reasonable. I am completely aware that it is not reasonable, but it doesn't have to be. Well, it's a personal now, preference. Well, uh, and and uh, that's probably going to be very similar to how people are now going to feel about driving Italian cars, which is unfortunate. But hey, this is what happens. And again, everyone that where I think is a good place to wind down the show tonight is to just basically bring the conversation back full circle about what was happening regarding Georgia Maloney, who won the election in in Italy and why this is such a big deal. Because there were basically four specific parameters regarding the reasons why people were voting in favor of Maloney. Inflation, cost of living, immigration, and there was one other one. Well, the uh, nationalism is a big part of it. Well, that's where the immigration thing comes in. Exactly. When you said that, I'm like, well, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And that's where I start thinking, okay, that's that's the fascist component is for me much more that nationalism. And there's also, and again, there, but again, it all gets back to the universal theme, which of course is neoliberalism. If you look at these specific issues, it's all neoliberalism. And if you can't move the country in the direction that it needs to go in, which is to more of that social democracy, again, they are attached to the euro. They don't have any way of creating their own currency, which the British do, and other countries like ours do. Again, it's not a lot. This is part of the reason why Venezuela can be literally choked to death from inflation, because Venezuela has no economic sovereignty. They are attached to us. We won't allow that. That's why we have issues with them. That's why we need to replace their leader because we want them to stay on the petrodollar for eternity. Now, again, neoliberalism is not as strong in Europe as it is in the US, but it's still strong through the European Union. The European Union at least has relatively livable wages. They have universal health They have very strong unions. And they have very strong unions. They have strong unions, and they also have a whole different electoral process. Like, we've talked about it before. Parliamentary They're, system is in it. It's parliamentary system, but it's they also have much shorter election cycles. Like, everything happens within two months. And, like, their system is not set up as political theater to the extent that ours is. I'm not saying they don't have that, but it's just not the same. They also have a basic standard of living that they expect in European countries that we don't have here. They right. have healthcare. They have things like to, to most people in those nations. Yeah. Healthcare is part of it. Like, so they automatically are starting out in a position that's to the left of us. Yeah. That's the thing. And so, to, you know, when we're watching that and I also don't think that when they're talking about their right wing issues, when you talk about right wing issues, it's different in a country like that than it is a country like this. Italy isn't imperialist and taking over the world. Italy isn't, you know, sending, you know, having military skirmishes all over the place and 800 bases and billions of dollars on military and weapons. So their level of nationalism and, and fascism isn't as threatening to the entire world as w when it happens with us. It's just different. They also don't have things like, are they taking away women's rights there? I don't think well, that Maloney this is necessary. Well, Maloney came out and said no. 
but you know. So you when they know. when we say things like right wing and what's fascist, that's very different then here. What it is in Europe. Correct. 100%. They don't have the like the evangelical Christian right that is part of their right wing. It's just different there. So I do think that there is, we have to be a little bit more considerate when we're talking about the specific terms regarding what this is all about. But remember, when the environment is not good, when the economy is not good, when, you know, the quality of life is not good, when you are overrun by immigration, there inflation, it's everywhere. Like, we're, what are we looking at here? We're trying to pretend like this isn't happening. It is. And it and guys, if you didn't see our interview with um, either two, we did two interviews basically covering the issue of neoliberalism and it's like failure in the in the universe. Um, we spoke with Tom Hartman about his new book called The Hidden History of Neoliberalism in America. And we also had on author Lily Geismer, which was a great interview about her book called Left Behind, really talking about how Democrats abandoned labor and basically how neoliberalism had taken over in in, in that party. So it's just, it's, we're seeing it all over the world, but that's what it is. Yeah. And again, forewarning here, because particularly when it comes to immigration, inflation, and quality of life, economic, you know, decimation, if you will, that's how the Third Reich became a thing and took over Europe. Yeah, I know. People think it was like just overnight. Kind oh, of let's thing. just, let's just say that Jews are terrible people. No. Again, this is like, how does a strong man ever get strong? It gets strong because the system has completely failed people. If the system fails you, then it's easy to say, oh, it's just the immigrants. That's why it's happening. It's just these people. That's why it's happening. Mm. And when people are desperate, they'll cling on to whatever will ultimately give them some type of salvation, however minimal it might be. And you can easily have this here in our country. It could easily happen. Well, we do see how we treat immigrants in this country. Are you kidding me? We're putting, we're incarcerating people in facilities and profiting off of them. Now, we don't call them concentration camps. Nobody wants to call them that. And we're not labor camps by any stretch. But how we treat immigrants, how we other them, how we encourage people to kick down, that is extremely like fascist, nationalistic kind of tendency thinking. And it's coming from both sides to some extent. It's really scary, which is why our political party left right isn't the legitimate left right. Both of our political parties are right of center. Both of them. The the Republicans are just further right, but they're both right of center. Um, and so when when I'm talking about the left, it's it's not Democrats or Republicans. We don't have a left party in this. And country. again, for people that try, especially on the right, to claim that they are one way politically regarding the respect for our Constitution, the founding fathers, it's like you spit in the face, especially of remember. Thomas Jefferson was an atheist, and so was Ben Franklin. So were a lot of others. John Adams probably was to a degree. Now, yeah, were there religious founding fathers like George Washington and Patrick Henry? Sure. But there was no shortage of people who felt that the separation of church and state was essential to the survival of our nation. And you do have people, particularly on the political right, who think it's okay to espouse this idea of Christian nationalism. It is a form of fascism because, again, they don't want any other thought to enter anyone's mind. It is, this is who we are, and we are only this way. Whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lori, Lori Bolbert, whoever lunatic righty you're going to throw out there that's going to be doing this <clears> is <throat> going to say it. And because there is no pushback on the left, because there is no real left, and again, left is labor, the Democratic Party 
is a Wall Street owned corporate party that isn't religious crazy. Right. And they're just they're pro-choice. That's it. If you even want to say that, I'm, well, I think, okay. think that's somewhat subjective to right, some degree. Right. No, they're, I, yeah, they're definitely, they don't go out of their way for choice. I think I need that. But they don't go out of their way for choice, but they're not, the Democrats don't seem to actively be pushing to strip us of our rights. They're just not fighting for them. So that's the, that's the difference that we're dealing with here. Failed. And neither of those, neither of them are the left. There mm-hmm. is no left. We don't have a left. So like we talk about, well, it's not lighting because here, There you go. Now you'll be happy. So we don't we don't have so, a left. And because there's no left, there's no balance. There's no nothing. There's just corporatism. And it's imploding. And that's fascism. It's when the corporations and the government become this symbiotic thing and you have a lean towards nationalism. That's fascism. That's how it works. I don't, I'm not accusing people of being that, but that's just what that is. So, and we're seeing that right now. And the Democrats, I'm sorry to say, are not posing enough of a resistance to it. And that's the thing. Now, for those of you who may not have caught this, but I found it to be very interesting. I don't remember the name of the particular festival that was taking place in New York City, but Speaker Pelosi decided to show up at a festival concert in New York City. And what do you think the reaction of the crowd was? They booed her. They sure did. And it wasn't just a few people. Brilliant. It was pretty freaking loud. Good. Get your ass off the stage. Good. And that goes to what I've said a lot of times. I do not think people in those positions should get a moment's peace outside of their home or their office. I don't. And, and again, I'm talking nonviolent. But like that, Nancy Pelosi should not be able to set foot in public without that being the response. Anywhere in a restaurant, in anywhere. And I don't get, I think that all of these people that are acting against the interests of the majority should be constantly, constantly dealing with, with ridicule and, and being shamed for that. Always. That's their job and they're not doing it well. And I will, and, and, and I think we can close with this. Uh, for those of you who have caught today how Senator Cinema is basically attached at the hip to Mitch McConnell which should let you know all you need to know regarding what's going to happen in the midterms, even if the Democrats hang on to the Senate. It basically shows you that if you elect somebody specifically on social issues and not economic issues, you will fail. And that is what happened. Kristen Cinema is a member of the LGBTQ community, although she is so effing bougie and certain people that are gay and bisexual do not consider themselves part of that community. They well, they don't they feel that the they're, threat. well, they don't, because they're not marginalized themselves. Right. So they don't, well, yeah, it doesn't, the marginalization doesn't affect them because they're at a certain privilege level. Yeah, I definitely agree. And so when everyone was celebrating the election of Kirsten Cinema and how she made Mike Pence swear her in on the constitution and not on the Bible, Political theater. Well, that's all she has are antics. Every single thing about her is antics. She doesn't have any like substance or any, but that's no different than like Debbie or any of them. They use like for Debbie, it's playing either the breast cancer survivor card or the anti-Semitism card. It's always a thing. It's it's never, it's always using a gimmick. It's not, there's no substance there. When you can only rear your head to call people anti-Semitic, like, 
that's just, I, I don't even know. It's not, there's no substance there. And Kristen's, Kirsten's cinema, whatever, it's no different. It's always a stunt. Always. It, I mean, she really is, uh, and, and she embodies the worst of it, but in a way I'm grateful for cinema for this reason. I try to tell people all the time how much it is nauseating to listen to the democratic establishment talk about hey we elected the first woman gay colored blah 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 do you know that Giorgia maloney is the first female prime minister of italy shouldn't we be celebrating that we broke down a barrier we broke down a in barrier. a country that's a hell of a lot older than ours women can be fascist that's too. amazing i mean shouldn't we be celebrating that no, it's only celebrate. You only celebrate it when it fits your narrative. Well, this reminds me we were when we were talking the other day about um, Pete Buttigieg and Booty Judge, and I said, you know, it's funny because we feel like Booty, if you I don't, judge. if you don't like him, they're going to just say you're, you know, anti anti queer, anti LGBTQ, and sure. da, da, da. and and the thing is, and I said this to him, like it's interesting because really the fact that he's gay is the only thing about him that I do find that I like, that I do like that diversity. Like, that's the only thing about him I do like. But that's what they do to dress it up. That's why the Democrats are and, and so yet, much- so no, I would never support him, but it has, again, that that's the last reason why. <laughs> it's just so, it's so bizarre. He's oh, horrible, that's why. Good point by Willie Brown. No question. That is true. Oh, yeah. Maggie Thatcher. <sighs> Don't you just love? Oh no, women can be equally as horrible. There's no, there's no question about it. Diversity only matters when the person in that position is looking out for the marginalized group to which she or he or whoever is affiliated. I was just thinking Margaret Thatcher in my head. Maggie like, Thatcher. Maggie Thatcher. That's just not right. Like that to who, whoever that person is affiliated with that group. Like for example, Kamala Harris. Okay, you you say she's black. Okay. Um, but is, is she doing anything to help boost up that community? Is she doing anything as, you know, a representative fighting for that marginalized community? Does she do, does her existence help bring up that community? And I would argue, no. Now, yes, there are little girls that probably think, oh, that's nice. And I appreciate that. Just like when I was little, there weren't enough black dolls and black Barbies. And I, I totally get that. But then to me, it's almost worse when you put somebody who is the first black person, black woman in that position, and they're a vapid shell. And then that's now celebrated. And I just think it's just pathetic. And it makes me just really sad for those little girls that are little black girls looking up. Like now you've got Katanji um, Brown Jackson. Now that is somebody to look up. Exactly. Okay. So like that's a legitimate. That's That's the best thing Biden has done as president. It is. Yeah. But like, that's a legitimate thing. And so I just, I just want it to be of, we, we have people look up to people based on their character and the substance of them, not just the fact that they were a token, unless that token is serving that community, breaking that barrier, helping that group. I don't know. It, it just bothers me that they use that. Yeah. And that's why this election is going to have, we have tremendous reverberation throughout the world as it should. And it should really start to make people be aware of what's coming. Because again, the latest national poll, because of where our economy is going at this point, shows the GOP on a national poll up by five points. You know what that means? Remember, GOP voters are drastically underpolled, drastically. So if it says that it's a five-point margin right now, it means it's at least a five-point margin. So again- And what have I been telling you about I think the only thing that's going to save the Democrats at all? Right. Like if it's only that's because it. of that. And again- 
it's likely that it won't. Why? Because that's all they're talking about. They're only talking about, we have to protect a woman's right to choose. Yeah, it's nice. You want to protect a woman's right to choose. I can't pay my bills. And yeah, gonna it's go going to come down to that. I think any success at all, any close races, anything where the Democrats perform well, that is what saved them from not being further thrashed. That's it. Yeah. Um, because otherwise this would be horrible. If, you, if the Supreme Court, if McConnell could, if, if McConnell had held off the Supreme Court from dealing with Roe v. Wade until after the midterms, this would be a bloodbath of epic proportions at this point. It's yeah. the only thing that's holding it off. And what I will say that it, yes, uh, Dirtbag Leftist brings up a good point that yeah, the whole thing about the way that the conservatives made such a big deal about the little murder. Okay. For anybody who hasn't seen Bo the Fifth Column's um, video about that, please watch it because he does a really good oh, I'm breakdown. Sure it's great. No, it's I'm great. Sure it's great. Um, the original story wasn't a white redhead. So the original story Who cares right, was Who cares? Right, people own it and then they get so attached to it and so personal. So if somebody had mermaids aren't <laughs> even human. Well, that's like the problem. People who have problems with black Santa Claus, like, because that's real. Because Santa Claus is real, so for sure he's got to be white. I'm sure it was good. And you know what? They made a great <laughs> video of showing the reactions of young black children, young black See, now girls. that's important. Seeing the reaction and how much it lit up their face and made them feel spit. You know what? If that's you don't think important. that that matters, then you don't have a soul. That's and important. That's it. And he had gotten a letter from somebody saying, well, you know, because I was a redhead, I really felt like now they're taking that away. And he's like, no, they're just opening it up to other people so that they can have a connection to a story that has First a really good value to it. Problems. Whatever. You know what? If it's done well and the story's good, it's done well and the story's good. Why does it matter? Why they're Hamilton. mer people, for I God's could, sake. Listen, the only thing I don't like about they're Hamilton. They're fish. The only thing I didn't like about Hamilton. <laughs> is how expensive it was, because I would have loved to have seen it. That became, and, and yes, it was a black cast, and it was an elitist play where only people with deep pockets could see it. I would My have thought is that it's incredibly it. bougie and that, the, mm. that it really is not some sort of like, like the people are friends that are like the real knowledgeable people of like black history, black liberation, whatever. They don't find it all that fun. I agree. They probably They don't. find it really bougie and like that's why when tokenist. It comes to, that's why when it comes to represent representation of the black community, it's somebody like Chris Smalls that's going to lead the way. That's who leads the way. And last but not least, before we go, yeah, is that the guys mermaid know, thing really did piss me off. Yeah. So remember, not only do we have a patron and we Patreon, we appreciate every patron that we have. But remember, Please. if you have a small business, and we really emphasize, if you have a small business that's local, it could be anywhere in the country. But if you have a small business that you want to promote on our show, we do have a small business patron, a uh, Patreon, where you can support us for fifty dollars a month or more, and we will plug your pro product, program, business, etc. Your business. Look, if you're with the MIC or like Big Pharma, which I'm sure they're all interested in us, that's not what we're talking about. Totally. <laughs> we will. We're, we're. This isn't like us like promoting nefarious businesses. It's trying to help local small businesses. Speaking of a time where this is absolutely important, as you guys know, Hurricane Ian, I think is what it's being called. 
is heading mm. directly for Florida. And if yes, you currently don't have good home insurance, now may be the time that you want to make that call. Make sure you have enough coverage that <clears> if for whatever reason you are in the path of the hurricane and you face serious damage, that you are properly covered. And Lord knows right now over the next few days, this would be the time to call. And check out our friends in Delray Beach. Apex Insurance Agency, home, auto, and life. You definitely want to make sure that you're covered. It is essential. And with a major storm coming, and what is the truth? You're a very good salesperson. And what is the history of storms, especially in the South? It's usually one after the other. But is it Ian or is it Ian? Mm. Remember that episode? I think it's Ian. No, I'm joking. I remember that. You don't remember? That was the episode with the, she wanted the Nicole Miller dress and the guy had the pony and she cut it off at his name and she kept correcting his name wasn't I. No, it was Ian. 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 But remember, (laughs) if you can, make sure that you check out our friends at Apex Insurance Agency, Home, Life, and Auto Insurance. When when you see one major storm like Hurricane Ian, there could be another one just a week or two behind. It's Russian roulette here. It's the season. We've got about a month to go. And that's a lot of time to get hit with a couple of major storms, maybe even a few. You never know. So don't take that chance. Make sure you get over to Apex Insurance Agency. Give them a call. They'll give you a quote. No charge. Might be the right one for you. Maybe it isn't. But it is a local small business, and we are all okay. About so, if you are business. in the same small business, then we can't promote you because we're going to stick with one type of business. Like you know, that's just the way to do it. Like a strip mall, you really don't want to have more than one of the same thing. That's very true. It's just fair. Um, but if again, I'm really looking for that taco place. If you're local and you're like tacos, taco truck would be really good. Um, I'd love for you to be a small business sponsor and we will come out to your taco truck and do lives from your taco truck. Personally, I think we've earned a small business sponsor from the mobile school pantry, but I digress, you know. Well, Z's Z's a sponsor. She's a personal sponsor, but Ah. we just don't have her name up there because she doesn't want it there. That's fair. We understand. Business is business. She is a sponsor. I mean, she's a human sponsor. We appreciate it. Not a business sponsor. Wednesday night, Scott Lively, we will learn about what sustainable agriculture for meat eaters. Yes, meat eaters actually looks like. And then next Monday, we are having, oh, I don't want to botch her name. I got to make sure I say it right. Uh, Saru Jahariman. No, Jaya No, that's not an H, it's a Y. Jaya Raman? Jaya Raman. Saru Jaya Raman of One Fair Wage, the organization based in uh, Cal Berkeley that is trying to push for a national living wage. She That's just crazy on. talk. Yes. Totally crazy. Totally crazy. She and, well, will but, be on our podcast. And I am curious to talk with someone like that because what is a living wage in one place is not a living wage in another place. Correct. So you, you do it in a way, but it has to be done That's why regionally. when somebody says that you want, oh, you needs to make it a minimum wage of this amount. And that's not to say that I don't support a minimum wage, but the cost of living in Cal Berkeley versus right. Fresno, California is two completely different things. Right. So, so it needs to be regional. I mean, right. I definitely, and I've seen Kyle talk about this as sure. well. Like I, it, that's why I prefer saying a living wage. It should be different in places. If you live, live somewhere like in rural Kentucky, that's a whole different situation than if you're living in Fort Lauderdale. So Great. like what you need is what you, but that is something that can be required. All you do is you legislate that says the way the minimum wage needs to be X percent above whatever the cost of the basic median house is or whatever it is. Like, I don't, I'm not an economist, but you can do that. It's not complicated. Fair enough. Patty, 
Mario, Dirtbag Leftist, Paul. Uh, what are they? Are Willie they Bragg. What are they angry about? No, no, no. It's not about being angry. Turkey Day, you finally showed up. SG, Emoji, <laughs> Patty, <laughs> Keith, all of you guys. I'm going to give you one homework assignment. If you're going to join us on Wednesday, invite one friend to be on the YouTube live stream. Let's see if we can really start organically bringing people into the show. Look, come on, Mansion Parliamentarian 2024. On, that is who we're endorsing. Yeah, really, at this point, it's probably the best odds of winning anyway. <laughs> but yes, if you guys can bring one friend along with you. And why can't people hit the like button? Like, I, And I know Jordan has struggled with this for eternity. Like, is it that on some places rock, there Paul. is though? I thank you. Thank you. I'd, I'd love to see what he looks like Paul, because I always, to me, it's like I see Bugs Bunny. Paul, let's make the show big enough so you could be one of our mods. We'd love to have, understand. we could definitely use a mod, although we haven't had the mean people in a while. Yes. The mean people, I have blocked people because the truth is that there's no point in me having people be mean. If you want to be constructive and have something like, 100%. I'm cool with that. Like, I don't need to agree with people, but you got to be nice. Yeah. You got to be nice. Do. I just don't want to be surrounded by people that are mean. Nice. I'm just saying, it's just not that difficult. Just be nice. If he won't walk, walk him, but be nice. <laughs> right. I'm not going to tolerate mean. And if he won't walk, you will have your friends come and we'll all walk him and we'll all be nice. Well, I don't know what that's from, but what I'm telling you is I just don't understand why people have to be mean. When is it time to not be nice? I'm nice. You won't. I'll let you know. I don't need negative shit in my headspace. I'm Amazing way too old for that. that was from. I don't know what that's from. Roadhouse? Again, I, the, you know the only real line I know from that movie because my husband loves Roadhouse. He thinks it's like Oscar-worthy material. It is. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. And it's, it's such a man thing, freaking Roadhouse. Yeah, just like you've got Titanic, we've got Roadhouse. I don't have Titanic. All right, you've you very- right, Dirty Dancing. Mm, yeah, dirty, no, you got dirty no. You know what? You're very, time. you're very like kind of sexist Crazy. tonight. You're being very kind of sexist tonight. Oh, terrible! Kill me. I'm now. just saying, like you're lumping us all together. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye, all. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.